sometimes unconventional, but always entertaining. They're kooky and they're spooky. It's time to cross to the other side. Welcome to Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata. Hello on a spooky Sunday evening. You are with Anne and Renata. I am Anne Rekovic and beside me is... Renata Daniel. And we are both paranormal investigators, believe it or not. But we're not one of these sets of paranormal investigators that believe in absolutely everything. We're actually quite sceptical, aren't we? Yes. Why are you shuffling your tarot cards because already? Because I thought we would open with oh, a tarot She's going to change card. the program. Good on you. I ya. thought we'd open with a tarot card All right. just for everyone. Just just, just, just a general everyone. reading for the universe. Yeah. I feel the vibe. I feel, okay. I feel the Just um, take over the, the show. Angels, it's fine. The Whatever. angels are saying, draw a card for everyone. Give All them right. some good news All right. for this week. Because, you know, the, the was it the roadmap or something? The roadkill has the roadmap <laughs> has been introduced and no one knows what they're doing. So here we go. Ooh, okay. It's a Six of Pentacles. And the Six of Pentacles is a beautiful card. It, it shows this gentleman um, holding up a set of scales. So he's very balanced and he would never he would never do anything to harm anyone. And he's given giving money to the poor. Oh, that would be us. <laughs> that would be us. Oh, and thank you for sending stars, those people on Facebook. <laughs> so, yes, yes. <laughs> Bring it, please. They're worth one cent each. Send the stars. So the Six of Pentacles is really saying be very kind to everyone that you meet this week because you do not know what situation they are finding themselves in at the moment. And you can rest assured that most of us are still doing it better than a whole lot of other people. So if you see anyone screaming at other people and being an absolute rat bag, Mm, yeah, just walk away from them silently and do a good deed for somebody else in return, just to balance out that karma. Okay. There you go. That was lovely, Renata. Thank you. Yes, so oh, I can see the look on your face going, she didn't tell me that was going to happen. No, she didn't. No. Anyway, we've got a jam-packed show for you in this first half. We have got some news stories. I believe we've got one from Indonesia. Yes. Um, and maybe one from Ireland if we get time. And then we've got uh, a ghost story from you, which mm-hmm. is a Newcastle ghost story. Yes. Always, I like a Newcastle ghost stories. Oh, this is a good one too. And uh, in the, the second uh, half hour of this hour... We go into the paranormal questions from yes. our listeners, or we've actually got something we're going to talk about if people don't want to ask us questions. Mm-hmm. That's fine either way. We're not going to do the phone-ins anymore. We're just going to do it by text. If we find people are happier doing that. Mm, and what's yeah. the text number? Once once people start to f- feel that it is actually safe and fine to actually ring in and ask your question, then we'll do that. But... Until then, the number is 0490 84886, 0490-84-886. So message in your paranormal questions for us. But before that, I'm going to go to some super news Ooh. of the week. I'm, I'm actually thinking I might go shut that out of door because there's a bit of a buzz happening. You do okay. your story and I'll be back in a second. All right. So this comes from the lawmakers in Indonesia and they have decided that they are going to yeah, apply something a little bit different to those that don't want to follow the COVID rules. And they are deciding that they are going to be confining quarantine violators in abandoned buildings on the island of Java. 
Now, local legends suggest that some of these abandoned buildings are abandoned for a very good reason. They're haunted. And it's part of a novel effort to motivate the very superstitious population of Java and Indonesia to do the right thing because they've tried all the scientific methods and nothing is working. They're about as rat baggy over there as we are over here. And so what they've decided to do is punish them by locking them up in haunted buildings. It's hilarious watching Anne trying to get back up on the chair. So, and excuse me because I'm absolutely going to butcher this name, but I'm going to give it a crack. Kushinda Untung Uni Sukawati, Regency Head of Sragan. <laughs> issued the order earlier this week amid a surge of newcomers from other lockdown parts of the country, including the capital of Jakarta. The order was put in place amid concerns that visitors to the island of Java were not self-isolating for 14 days upon arrival. If they disobey self-isolation orders, several villagers have asked for my permission to quarantine them in an abandoned elementary school or abandoned houses, Sukawati told the Tribune outlet. I gave my permission. If need be, they should be locked inside, in a haunted house if necessary, but we'd still feed them and monitor them. Oh, thank heavens, because otherwise they'd just be adding to the ghost population. Isn't it interesting to think that there is a country where if you get locked in a haunted house, that is the ultimate of terrible things to have happen to you? And for us, it would be a reward. (laughs) (laughs) So Sukawati says five people have already been quarantined in abandoned homes up to this date. If there's an empty and haunted house in the village, put people in there and lock them up, she says. One long abandoned house in some rice fields has been repurposed to house two people already. Now another abandoned home in a village of in the village of Seapat has fit, been fitted out with beds to house three new arrivals. So this is happening. Yeah. It's, it's happening and it seems to kind of be working, but that is not all that the Indonesians are doing. They've gone one step further. Yeah, I think we did a story very early on in Spooky Sundays. Not that we've been going that long, but they had people dressed up as ghosts pretending to be ghosts to keep people inside. Yes, yep. That hasn't really worked, but one step further. Let's go one step further. So Indonesia has also introduced a depraved punishment for people who have been flouting the face mask rule. Does that mean they've had their nose out over the top? Yes. Ever since I've seen that meme where somebody's penis was hanging out over the top (laughs) of it, I got got it in. I got the word in. It's only 10 past eight. Don't mention lavender. Oh, my gosh. So... It is a wake-up call. As far as public health messages go, Indonesia is in a world of its own. In April, they forced quarantine jumpers to spend time locked in abandoned homes that superstitious locals believed were haunted. Yep, still happening. Uh, At the start of this month, they dressed officials head-to-toe in hazmat gear and had them carry coffins through bustling Jakarta streets as a wake-up call to people who had yet to take the coronavirus pandemic seriously. They had ghosts dressed up walking around after dark, scaring people, making them go back into their houses and get off the streets. But they've now taken it one step further. More than that? One step further. They are forcing. And look, some of these things could be employed here. Do you reckon? 
No. No. <laughs> there would be such no. an outcry. No. But it's and worth, we'd be lining up to you locked up in the, the houses. It would, <laughs> it, it would be. It's worth talking about. So they're forcing anti, anti-maskers and those who continue to flout face mask rules to dig graves for the mounting number of dead bodies. Wow. So there you go. If you're looking for punishment, there you go. So the Jakarta Post reports that eight people in East Java, the first to be handed the punishment for failing to wear a face covering in public, have been given the task to dig a single grave. So one is given the shovel and the other is given the wooden planks to support the corpse. Now, the head of the local district enforcing the macabre penalty says it's actually a win-win situation for them because there are currently not enough men to carry out the grave digging duties as as the death toll is soaring. And hopefully this can create a deterrent effect against violations. So this is a country who really has got nothing to lose in putting this sort of a deterrent out. Well, I suppose they're working with the beliefs of the population yep. and uh, you, you, it's the best way to do it. Yep, yep, and they're doing it. Yep. Mm. I've, I've got a quick story. Okay. Are we ready to go to Ireland? Hoity-toity-toity. Hoity-toity-toity. Hoity-toity. Off you go. Let me get the hoity-toity. I don't know. Oh, well, apparently this lovely gentleman did appear on Ireland TV's This Morning, so that's their morning show, and he just wanted to allay the concerns of Irish citizens and the people around the world to let them know that the leprechauns are okay. So during... Uh, um, hang on, I've lost my spot now. Ireland, Ireland's last living leprechaun whisperer says the mythical Irish fairies are coping well with the lockdown and don't have a problem with the restrictions, unlike our poor Indonesian neighbours. So Kevin Woods from Carlingford and County Louth is a prominent leprechaun advocate and adver- activist with a history of campaigning for leprechaun rights. Isn't that great? Absolutely. Right. So he also happens to run a tour business called <laughs> Last Leprechauns of Ireland. Funny about that one. <laughs> That's and, a good one. And considers himself an authority and custodian of the iconic Irish brights. So with Ireland caught up in the current corona global health crisis, Wood sought out to reassure the public that Ireland's leprechauns are doing just fine during his TV appearance. According to him, the Irish fairies' uh, numbers have dwindled in recent times. There were millions of them here in Ireland, and they all died apart from 236 of them. She's done a census. <laughs> he, he's done a census. Um, so uh, his name... Oh, I've lost his name. Kevin. Kevin. <laughs> Did we have Kevin the Randy Poltergeist last Kevin. week? Kevin. <laughs> Kevin. Anyway, sorry. No, I don't think it's the same Kevin somehow or other. Um, I've lost my spot again. I really am the custodian and uh, I'm, I've been doing that since I got them a, a, to be made a protective... I can't talk. Protected species. <laughs> and I, I have I have just normal English words and I'm not coping. Would you, would you like to go to a song and then... No, no, I'll borrow your teeth. Um, During the interview, Mr Woods explained that while most people cannot see leprechauns, he has 
has special powers. Actually, I think there's one of our listeners that might be able to see leprechauns. I won't mention their name, though. Um, (laughs) That means that they appear to him and communicate through an out-of-body experience. Asked about how leprechauns are coping with the lockdowns, he said, yeah, they don't have a problem with it, to be sure, to be sure. While Mr Wood's tour business has taken a hit in the past few months, he's not worried about that either. No, the leprechauns are looking after him. That's right. It's not real business to me. I have enough access to the gold. Oh, there he knows go. where the pot is. Oh, maybe more than one. <laughs> maybe that's why he's seeing leprechauns. He knows where the pot is. He knows where the pot is. <laughs> oh, shoot. I got really excited then and knocked the microphone. <laughs> it's not really business to me as he has access to the gold. I don't need the business. I do it to tell people the story is true. He also sought to assure viewers that his dalliances with the little Irish folk have not broken any of the government's lockdown measures. Leprechauns are spirits. They manifest themselves to me as leprechauns. Mm. I visit them each day and I haven't broken the restrictions. But he actually got an area um, in this county uh, made into like you know how we have yeah, our national park area. a designated yep. area for uh, wildlife fauna and, and the little people yes. isn't that awesome awesome so awesome. I'm, I know you'll all be breathe a huge sigh of relief now that you know that the leprechauns are safe you're listening to the spooky Sundays podcast with Anne and Renata it's that time of the night that I pass the microphone over to Renata Hmm. Well, thank you. And uh, tonight I'm going to be retelling a local ghost story. Oh, are there ghosts in Newcastle? Oh, believe it or not. I do believe there is a business in Newcastle called Newcastle Ghost Tours. Mm, Well, there was before COVID hit, but yes. yes. And uh, it's really interesting when I talk to people and, and that's what people will often say. Are there ghosts in Newcastle? I thought they were only at Maitland Jail. Like, they all converge there at the jail and they've got ghosts nowhere else. And they do realise that, that this is, is a convict weird? town? Yes, well, you know. Yeah, never mind. Anyway, anyway. But, look, ghost stories have been in the newspapers forever and Newcastle has had its fair share of ghost stories uh, reproduced in local newspapers. As hard as I try, I not always get my hands on them. But this one actually appeared in a book by Tom Healy, Tony Healy and Paul Cropper uh, called Australian Poltergeist. And it is an awesome, awesome book. We use this book quite a bit in our podcast, True Hauntings. Yeah. And this one is a story from Mayfield. And I dare not give the address. I dare not give the address because, you know. I'm, ha- I'm having a sticky beak to see what the address yeah, is. You, you know what will happen. Everyone <laughs> everyone will turn up there and go, Point the finger. what's going on? The thing is that this happened and was reported if, in 1977. I'm trying to see if I recognise the house because I've actu- actually attended um, a case in two cases in Mayfield uh, and one of them I got called to twice by different people who had no idea. That's awesome, isn't it? I know. You came with me on the second one. We actually solved the problem on the second one. Yes, that's it's yeah. awesome. 
awesome. So here we go. Strange noises began to occur as soon as Jordan, Jan, George and Jan Brown moved into a rented house in XXX Mayfield. At first, Jan told us it was scratching noises in the walls. Quite loud and constant of an evening, but not in the day. Next came loud thumping on or in the solid brick walls. Then there was a sound like an egg beater in the ceiling that occurred very often, sometimes first thing in the morning. That could be a cicada. Hmm? You'd think they'd know what a cicada was. <laughs> Compared to an egg beater, I mm. suppose. In Sorry, that's my mind is working to solve the problem already. Mm. Don't. Okay, I'll shut up. Interestingly, interestingly, George and Jan, then in their early 30s, weren't particularly frightened, even when they heard heavy footsteps tramping through the house. We were just interested. Although they came from various parts of the house, the sounds seemed to emanate most often from the walls and the ceiling of the living room, which was ice cold summer and winter. And we get these reports of the coldness mm -hmm. of places when there is some type of activity happening. So well, saves on air conditioning. Yeah, it does. Theirs was a blended family. George had two children from a previous marriage and Jan also had two and they had a three-year-old between them. It was very crowded, Jan recalls, only in a three-bedroom house and it is a small house because I'm looking at the picture of it right now. And uh, But we were all happy there, apart from the eldest child, Michelle, always one problem, isn't there? <laughs> Who at that time seemed to think of me as a wicked stepmother. She thought her dad shouldn't have left her mother to marry me. Oh, I mean, wow. that's a whole other can of worms there, the yeah. poor chicken. Mm. Now, it it would raise our eyebrows as paranormal investigators if we did hear that bit of information. But mm -hmm. Jan and George thought it was impossible that Michelle, who was only six years old, or the younger kids could have faked the strange noises. The footsteps, for one thing, were too heavy for the kids. They went down the corridor and we'd get up and we'd find all the kids sound asleep. So we kind of knew it could not be them. Now, after a while, the poltergeist came up with a new trick. Night after night, paintings and ornaments would be taken down and left leaning very neatly against the bottom of the walls. Jan points out that had, that had they simply come loose and fallen down, they would have hit the skirting board and tipped over face down on the floor. George wired all of the objects very securely to their hooks, but that made no difference apart from perhaps irritating the Midnight Rambler. The paintings and a decorative plaque continued to be taken down as before, but a replica antique pistol was worn from its wooden backing and broken in two. Oh, wow. And this picture of Jan bending down and looking at the paintings that had been taken off the wall, I've seen a number of times. So this has, was actually a news report, and it was reported on in the now defunct Newcastle Sun. Oh, that is old. Yes. I've only ever known it as Newcastle Herald. Uh, different newspaper. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, we were we were big enough to have two newspapers at one stage. Yeah, Isn't but you're crazy? also old. Oh, shut up. <laughs> the episode attracted a small amount of media attention. One journalistic team arrived with infrared camera equipment, but on that occasion the Phantom House guest, media shy, like so many other poltergeists, kept a low profile. Although it was pretty persistent, the Gordon Street spook wasn't malicious 
Or oh, did you just say the the Gordon Street speak? <laughs> Oops. Oops. I haven't given a number. I don't haven't give, given a number. Don't give out the number. No. Oops. Jesus Christ. Anyway. <laughs> See, look, no one would have noticed unless you hadn't opened your big mouth and said something. Oh, that's it. Blame me. That's true. That's right. Anyway, anyway, let me go. Um, the Browns managed to put up with it. Um, for nearly a year. That's a long time for something to happen. Yeah. There's no teenaged kids in there either. Oh. In fact, Jan insists that the house uh, was... Had the house been more spacious, she would have definitely been happy to have lived there indefinitely. But in 1977, however, she and George um, located to a more roomy residence and they moved out and the strange phenomena didn't follow them. Now, there's a kind of uh, an extra to this story. A bonus? A bonus. So we go uh, a little bit later to have a conversation with Jan Brown, Mm -hmm. a couple of years after all of this. And um, this is what Tony Healy and Paul Cropper got from the interview. So the sequence of events at the house at Mayfield, (laughs) beginning with scratching sounds escalating to wall thumping and to the uh, moving of firmly secured objects, conforms very well to patterns of activity noted during many other well-attested poltergeist cases. And please send us a message if something like this has happened to you. We would love to hear about it. I want to witness it. There was no suggestion of hoaxing. The children, even the unhappy, unhappiest eldest, were much too young to have successfully faked the phenomena, even for a short period, let alone for nearly 12 months. Contemporary journalists saw no reason to doubt Gordon's word, and we found Jan to be open, honest, and entirely credible. Given that the young six-year-old Michelle was so unhappy, it is tempting to assume that she triggered the phenomena through psychokinesis or because she was the unwitting agent needed by the poltergeist. But the strange phenomena didn't follow the family after they left the house, as might have been expected if the child was the sole cause of these disturbances. Was there something else helping to stir things up at that place in Mayfield? which I shall not name. Well, maybe (laughs) shortly after she and her family moved out of the house, Jan was told that a couple of um, men had moved in and lived there previously and that one of them had supposedly died, possibly murdered in the living room. Now, I haven't been able to find any information with regard to a a murder in that um, residence but the search goes on. There is a third possibility that Jan, unknown even to herself at the time, possessed some psychic ability that facilitated the phenomena. She told us that sometime after she was at that residence, she began to feel a bit sensitive to spiritual phenomena. In the mid-1980s, when she and George owned a pottery business in an old cottage at Morpeth, we all know that old cottage, Mm. they had another brush with the other side. Frequently at dusk, just as they were shutting up shop, they would see a shadowy figure of a woman walking past the front windows. Jan could never make out the face, but she saw enough of the clothes and hair to convince her that it was the ghost of Eliza Cantwell, who had built the cottage a hundred years earlier that's that old cottage um, that's in the side street 
oh. that is very well known yep. as Eliza's Cottage. Look, so has she been pre-programmed and assumed this is Eliza because she knows that's the story of Eliza in that I cottage? Don't I don't know whether yeah. she. I don't know whether she knew. I'm Back sorry. in 2010, um, I don't think so. But uh, the thing is, they've moved into two other haunted places because then she moved into an old station master's house at Curry in 2000. Uh, she often sensed the non-unfriendly presence of another female spirit, possibly the station master's daughter, Miss Muriel English. And now that George had passed away, bless his soul, he died in 2009, she sometimes sensed his friendly presence as well. So regardless of whether it was the result of psychokinesis produced by the sulky six-year-old, was orchestrated by the spirit of the murdered man, was connected in some way to Jan's apparent mild psychic ability or was triggered by a combination of all of those factors, it seems there is little doubt that paranormal activity rarely did occur at the little house in Mayfield back in 1977. It's that time where we throw it open to our listeners and their questions. And you guys have actually asked some really good ones. And we've got some new people on. So welcome to all the new people who have been brave enough to send a question in. Thank you. Thank you. So Renata, first question, what's the scariest investigation you've been on? Okay, we've had a bit of a chat about this before. Um, We went live and uh, as you said, we kind of get to a point where we've done so many investigations that we kind of get a little bit blasé about it all. And uh, I tend to be the one that does uh, a bit of research before I go anywhere. So I'm sort of already prepped. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't discount anything that happens or pre-program myself that, you know, if something's been told to be haunted or said to be haunted that that's what I'm waiting for I just like to know where I'm going and and the stories behind it and I had a bit of a think about it and look one of the the scariest things that I've ever encountered is when we uh, or when I went to England or Scotland sorry and uh, went on a ghost tour without me yeah without you and without Gail as well Uh, (laughs) she didn't want to go she went once see if I'd gone with you I'm not going again Um, (laughs) but they took us down to the Amber Vaults and the Edinburgh vaults are down underground and there's always one space that they take you to right at the end. You've got to go down these stairs and around the corner. It's all dark and spooky and they all prepare you and everything. And then they take you in to a place where uh, apparently some family lived or something or other. There's absolutely nothing in there other than bare walls, but there is only one doorway. So no windows, no nothing. And then... Then, once they've jam-packed you in, and they go, stand next to the wall, everybody move back, move back. Pre-COVID, obviously. Yeah. Um, They close the door, and it is as dark as dark can possibly be. Now, I don't do well. No, you wouldn't let me go to any tours that allowed us to go into tunnels last time we were in England. No, no, no. I, I don't do well. Mm. And the thing is that you're so you're placed so much close to everyone, or so, so close to everyone. You don't know whether they they've you know they're bumping you or touching you or whatever. There's women screaming and there's things. That, oh, oh, someone touched no. me! Oh my god! And you know this, and they will not open the door until they feel that everyone has been completely felt. primed <laughs> until everyone has been felt <laughs> scared to the poop, and then they'll go. Okay, now we shall leave. 
and you just go, oh, my God, please get me out of here. Just please. Yeah. My scariest one to date would have to be the um, uh, 30 East Drive Pontefract, which is still an active poltergeist house, allegedly. Um, And, I mean, I wasn't scared as such, except that I got put up on the top floor by myself, away from everyone else, blindfolded. No, you decided I know, you wanted to I know, do that. I did want to do that because I wanted to have you an experience. To do that. And I decided to provoke as well, which is something I don't you normally did. do. And I actually felt the atmosphere change. I don't know whether it was my imagination or whether it really did change, but um, I lasted, what, about 10 minutes up there, which is a long time when and everyone's taking turns. And we have that on video. Yeah, you can actually see that on YouTube. Um, yeah. You can hear me provoking and carrying on. Um, I went into the coal pit. Oh, you did? That's apparently where... Joe got um, attacked. Yeah, and who's the lady from... Um, oh, Yvette. Yvette. Yvette Fielding. Yvette got attacked in there as well. Yeah, so um, my, my scariest experience is going to be my next one. I think it's going to a location you've never been to before, which is allegedly really active and being put into a situation where you're by yourself. That's That's what spooks me out the most because I don't know what's going to happen but it's anticipation more than anything anticipation <laughs> alright um, and thank you Catherine for sending a question uh, I have loads of paranormal questions do you believe in the witching hour so that's the first part of the question yep and uh, what good is it when a spirit can be active and contact you day or night? Absolutely. You're spot on. Uh, I think the witching hour is one of those wonderful myths and legends that has been around for a little while. And 2 a.m.? People will... Unless it's daylight well, savings? It, it depends. <laughs> it depends on what witching hour and which books you've read. Yeah. So it could be or 3 a.m.? Yeah, it could be 3 a.m., could be 12, midnight, um, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, but it, it, I think it is one of those things that um, people sort of assume that when when the clock ticks over from one day to the next, that is, seems to be that spooky it's time magical. when the veil between the worlds becomes very thin and things happen and witches get on their bloomers. On their bloomers. Balloons and fly, but look, I I don't I, I don't put um, much. No, uh, it's the that. reason why investigators investigate that time, and I think that's when things happen, is because it's very quiet and very still, and your senses are heightened and more attuned to what's going on around you. I don't think it's any more active, or the veil is thinner, or anything like that. It's just quieter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, thank you, Catherine. Great question. All right, we've got some more questions for you. Oh, Joe, Joe Ingram said that uh, she does see leprechauns in her nightmares. <laughs> oh, they're horrible. Actually, I had a um, a photo, a, a picture of a real leprechaun. It was like a mummified, dried up little corpse. And if you search for it on the internet, you'll be able to see a picture of it. It's pretty scary. It is. Um, all right, now we've got a question here. Uh, Hi, Anne and Renata. Wondering if you think about Moldavite or what you think about Moldavite. Is it, if it's worth buying and the best way to work with it? Mm. That's actually a good question for our wonderful Christy from Spells and Spirits, but I'm going to try and attack it the best that I can. Okay. And Moldavite is the big hit at the moment on TikTok. Oh, it's not the chocolate drink that you have (laughs) to get you go to sleep at night? No, that's Activite. Oh, sorry. Oops. (laughs) 
Well, I'm so educated. I'm the I'm a paranormal person. Oh I like my crystals, but I don't know a lot about them. <laughs> so moldavite is a natural glass uh, that has been formed um, from an asteroid, and moldavite. I it was a lightning strike. No, it's it's from an asteroid. Just, oh just, so I don't just know what I'm talking about. Now. You don't know what you're talking. So this this impact apparently happened around 15, years, years, 15, 15 million years ago, not 15 years ago. Um, and it's um, probably somewhere in Europe it uh, kind of just, you know, the asteroid landed. And because of the heat coming into our... Um, and the our, atmosphere. Into the atmosphere and everything, it sort of just, yeah... Went into Work. like a glass. <laughs> so the heat of it melted the rocks and the sand and the 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 asteroid. And it's it's green. It's green. Oh, and it's, it's a little bit like the Berlin Wall. Yeah. There's so much more of it around than probably ever existed. Because you know, it's like is it real? Every, everyone wants Moldavite, and there's only so much of it that there is. After that, there isn't. Yeah. Um, so who knows whether the Moldavite you're getting is true Moldavite? Number one. Uh, number two, terribly overrated because everyone wants it because it's been on TikTok and oh. all, all the baby witches um, want a piece of Moldavite. Extremely expensive for what it is. Like extremely expensive for what it is. Um, I think I've got a, a tiny little bit that I probably bought like 15 years ago. Right. Um, but you can get like you know, rings and necklaces, pendants, and everything with it. Um, and the bigger the piece, the more spiritual you are. Oh, of course. <laughs> of You've course. got to get a neck pain from yeah, wearing so it. Neck. Yeah, go for the $500 piece. And the thing with Moldavite is that some people will say that it is. Awfully, awfully. Um, it like it is significant if you have never worked with moldavite and you start using it. It can cause a lot of changes. I think when Christy comes on in about thirty-five minutes, we might attack her with this question. So hang around. Oops. Oh, and we'll get Christy to answer more of this. Um, look, it's it's like everything. The more you are, um, I guess, open to suggestion when it comes to how these things work or don't work, the more either benefit or non-benefit that you will get out of it. Um, it is apparently uh, able to connect you with ascended masters. So this little link that I've got up here says, right. healers use Moldavite to help remove emotion and clear the aura of any unwanted baggage from a past life. And finally, Moldavite is believed to heighten a sense of self-awareness and help people who are seeking to uncover emotions or feelings that they have kept uh, locked up for a very long time. So it could activate you and trigger you into an emotional meltdown. Oh, and like we all need that right now. If you aren't ready and are not prepared to deal with it. Well, look, you know how I am the queen of finding things on eBay? Yes. Well, I have found on eBay green check Moldavite meteorite. Yes. And it's independent and it is absolutely beautiful and it's even on special at the moment. It's been reduced from $7.91 to $6.16. What? <laughs> and um, yeah, green check. Uh, and it is posted from China. Oh. <laughs> 
I'd say that's the real deal, wouldn't you? <laughs> that's 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 it. That's that, the, that sounds like it's a real one to that's me. That's the real deal. Yep, yep. From China, uh, not from China, from Czechoslovakia, which actually no longer exists, doesn't it? <laughs> so who's who's our um, questioner there? Uh, I don't actually think they identified themselves. Okay, so, but hang around till nine thirty, um, and straight after the song, there we're going to have Christy from Spells and Spirits on, and we'll we'll just jump in and ask her that question about what she thinks about Moldavite as well. And uh, we've got someone joining in telling us their story here. I once watched a display plate creep forward on a shelf and shatter onto thick carpet. And we always had photo frames, birthday cards, etc. being turned. Once we found a photo was found backwards inside the frame. Oh, that's was, a good one. I was one of three teenage girls in the house with our mum and baby sister. Wow, thank you for that. That's awesome. That's cool. Uh, and oh, I think we've got to get go on to the news. But we might save this last question I got here about how can you tell if you've had an experience with the paranormal or if you're just paranoid? Maybe to a little little, little bit later in the show. You're listening to Spooky Sundays on Newcastle Live Radio. It's paranormal trash or treasure time. I think I need to have some sort of little sweeper there that that has a, a, a little theme or something. What do you reckon? Mm-hmm. All right. We'll get that organised for you. Oh, thank you. Now, today I put a picture up on the Newcastle Live Radio Facebook group page for those who like playing the game along with me. And you'll see a beautiful picture. Oh, it's a sensational It is of a ring. Beautiful. And it, it looks a little bit um, spooky. It's like a skull. And it's got um, some horns on it and it's got some beautiful little dots around the horns. And as uh, somebody very uh, cleverly put in there... um what did Jenny say? Oh, it looks like it'd be very heavy to wear, and those horns would get caught on everything. <laughs> and Jenny P said it's different, and I'm sure some bikers would love to own it. Uh, and Catherine L said, "Precious, somebody obviously bought it in the 1980s and thought it was a good idea at the time." <laughs> but according to the owner of this, yes. and they're trying to flog it on eBay, it was selling for 109 and 99 cents US which is about 150 Australian dollars at the time I, I did this story and it is actually the binding of Paimon the Demon King oh, that's so cheap he, I know right you've, <laughs> you've actually got the Demon King bound in this ring oh god right let me tell you do you need to know this before using do you know how I know that okay. they've put those words in capitals right okay. right this ring will be binding the Demon King payment to you. Your life will never be the same with this kind of power attached to you. Mm-hmm. Once you taste the power, taste you the will power. change. I urge you to read the entire listing. Oh, we are. Oh, we're definitely going to read it all. You have been warned. Oh, my coven and I are offering you a very powerful binding of payment ring. This ring will give you the power of the Demon King Paimon. Now it's spelled P-A-I-M-O-N. This is real power and it will be only yours. So they don't have multiples of this ring. They don't have multiples of Paimon the Demon. They've just got one. Why did they decide to... But they do have the ring in different sizes. You'll be pleased to know. (laughs) 
case on. No, sorry. Do not take this responsibility lightly. <laughs> this is true and effective black magic with a K. Mm-hmm. Your soul and spirit will be changed. You will have the power you have always craved. <laughs> you will feel it run through your very veins. I wonder where they make this shit up. Sorry, I'm going to say the word. The, the spellbound ring will change the way you, you see and treat the world. The abilities Paymon will... I feel like I'm saying Pokemon. Paymon will grant you range from revealing hidden treasures mm-hmm. to bestowing immense knowledge mm-hmm. to summoning familiars. <gasps> In other words, he will grant you wealth, intelligence and guardianship. Mm-hmm. You will have the power of Paymon. Go, go, Power Rangers. <laughs> Paimon is an ancient demon king, first written about in the Lesser Key of Solomon, although tales of encounters and worship of him go back much further. Mm-hmm. Paimon is a commander of over 200 legions of spirits, which include fallen angels and lesser demons. He is the epitome... epitome, epitome, epitome <laughs> he's got a lot of power. <laughs> He's everything that you expect power to be. For this ring, you do not have to worry about any sacrifices or harm, so your cat's safe. Don't you don't need to sacrifice the pussy cat. Thank goodness. My coven and I have already handled that for you. They've already slayed the cat. See, I don't understand why it's going so cheap. (laughs) You will be getting only the benefits of this. Your results will only be positive. We will handle the more complicated things so you can just reap the rewards. Now, if, if they were doing so well that they don't need this ring themselves, surely they wouldn't be flog, flogging this crap on eBay. <laughs> so I'm going to have the demon Paymon come and visit me and steal all my Pokemon. Uh, this ring is for those of you that find normal human existence unfulfilling. <laughs> you do not have to live your boring life anymore with Paymon bound to you. Ebay listing peoples, you will see everything come to you easier. Money will come to you. You will see. You will sense familiars around you. That was the cat you just slaughtered. Never mind. You will be more intelligent. Well, we can only hope if you bought that ring. There is no limit to your personal power. Use Paymon for your own benefits. Allow Paymon's power to flow through you. Uh, Once you are bound to Paymon, you will be granted power for life. You will be granted immense protection from all evils that wish to do you harm. Wealth and opportunities will be drawn to you. You will be smarter. You'll realise that before. I know they keep repeating themselves. Um, You'll be smarter and hopefully not ripped off by people like this in the future. And you will see yourself solving problems you couldn't do before, like one plus one equals. This sterling silver. That's what I. Hang on, I've got another three pages to go. This is powerful demon king black magic. Now, we've got capital letters here, so this is an important statement. Okay, I'm I'm waiting. Become the immense alpha being you've always wanted to be. There you go. All right. Use the familiars to do your bidding. You will be afraid of nothing, nothing, (laughs) nothing. Empower your soul with black magic. 
if you are over-focused on something like money <laughs> or anything else, you should have that focus met. Pamon will use his dark power to bring your desires to you. Do not doubt or ignore your desires. You need to be satisfied. If not, your waking hours will be spent focusing on what you don't have. Well, that's true, isn't it? <laughs> Let Paymon be your servant. You will not believe the black magic power that will be granted to you. This ring is size eight. <laughs> you do not need to wear the ring to feel its effects. Well, that's good because we're worried about catching on things. As long as you make contact with the ring at least once and then keep it near you, maybe under your pillow at night, everything will go as planned. Right. You may. Oh, it actually says you may wear it on a chain or place it beneath your pillow at night. Oh, I must be psychic. Um... If you would like this vessel bound to you before arrival, please send your name and birth date in a message and your tax file number and your credit card PIN number. Uh, being bound with a vessel like this will allow you to have an easier time accepting the magic into your spirit and will give you a closer relationship to the entity within the ring. This is something I offer free of charge. <laughs> And I highly recommend the process. So you're going to now give them your personal details, right? Mm. I'm a reputable seller, and have been, they've heard me, and have been have been for years. All of my items are authentic because I told you so. Mm-hmm. You will receive a tangible item; it's real. You will be extremely satisfied with your purchase. Authentic in capital letters. They're just you know, putting exclamation marks in there. Paymon the Demon King. Exclamation mark. Allow his power to flow, flow, flow through you. Exclamation mark. Access the power of familiars. I'm sure he's already. they've already said that. I think we've already called him in. We don't oh, need the ring. Geez, it just keeps ring. going on and on. You see the ring. Dark silver coloured impression of a horned human skull on the front of the ring. This is where the Demon King is bound. Mm-hmm. Note that all my sales, sales are private and you will rena- remain anonymous. I value all of my customers and will do everything to make sure you have a pleasant experience with my paranormal items. I also want you to know your vessels are packaged with care and bubble wrapped. <laughs> all right, now this is the gold of it. If you feel that a certain spirit is calling to you or you may notice that you're being drawn back to a certain one, then make no mistake, as you may just be the one they are searching for. Mm. So this is the hook. They say if you've mm-hmm. spotted this ring mm-hmm. and you're attracted to it and you're drawn to it, that means that they've it's chosen you. you. They've chosen they've you. They've chosen you. Yes. Um, so I'm going to – they're skipping over a little bit there about they're talking about eBay policies and they're not held responsible for any paranormal experiences. Must be someone over the age of 18. Uh but I am very happy. This is one of the last things I say. These items should never be used in replace of any type of medical needs. Oh, nice. That, they're taking a little bit of social responsibility there. All that Thank for heavens. 100 bucks. Well, no, it's 150 mm. So what do you reckon, Renata? What a piece of trash. Oh, I thought it was a beautiful <laughs> ring. I was very excited about that one, and the story was pretty good. I, I have to say my favourite story was the rocks from last week. Oh, but, um, yeah. All right. You don't, oh, well, I had bought it for your birthday present, but never mind. <laughs> Just send it back. Does it have a 30-day guarantee? No, I can't send it back. Oh, That's it. Geez. You're getting it for your birthday. Oh. <laughs> Payment's going to be your, <laughs> your new Pokemon. <sighs>
My weird story is a personal story that mm-hmm. somebody has written to help the world understand um, their experience with an incubus demon. Mm-hmm. So an incubus demon is a male demon that supposedly can impregnate women. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, there's incubus and succubus, and I always get them confused. But I remember that the um, the I is, <laughs> <laughs> and then the S is the the shape of a f- female form. So there we are. And <laughs> so this comes from ex- ex- exemplor dot com, um, and this lovely lady has shared her story to help us. So part one, she's she split it up. She's obviously only, only retentive and has split it up into four parts. The ghost in the abandoned house. We've already lost Renata. She's gone. (laughs) It all started at a time in my life when I had started watching shows about ghost hunting and was very much obsessed with the subject. Sounds familiar. I met an older lady called Renata on a website. No, not Renata. (laughs) You should have seen her face. Uh, I met an older lady on a website for paranormal activities and we became friends. This lady claimed she had several ghosts on her property and she even saw and talked to them. She claimed she was a medium. I was more open to believing her at this point in my life. I even heard a ghostly voice on her phone. No one could have duplicated that voice. It was such a faint and off-in-the-distance kind of sound. I really enjoyed her company, so I planned to go and stay at her house for a visit. I like this. This is how people sort of make friendships and um, get to know each other, and then they find someone to go and hang out with. And True, I yeah. mean, you were my older lady that I got to hang out with. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> After I arrived at her home, my friend took me to an old house next to hers that she had been abandoned or that had been abandoned for many years she brought me inside the house to have an experience and I did my friend told me the ghost was of a man who killed his neighbour's kids and was supposedly still living in that small house oh wow I could tell the spirit did not like me uh, did not like me judging him for his past sins when I got angry with the ghost a computer tower flew into the back of my leg my friend was in front of me when it happened. There is no way she could have done that. So I just want to say here that this is a ghost of what, what was a human. This mm-hmm. is not an incubus no. demon. But anyway, no. that that's her reality. Anyway, yep. I started. Uh, I really started to believe my friend when I got a few pictures uh, through an air vent. Something told me to look down, and that's when I saw the pictures of a man's face. They were pretty scary-looking pictures. I would share them, but unfortunately, the quality of the photos was pretty bad since I didn't have a flash on. Well, that's good. Uh, the visitation, right? This is part two. For the next couple of days, I felt amused by the ghostly adventures and just enjoyed being with my new friend. I had no idea what lay in store. On day three of my visit, I was lying in my bed trying to sleep and I felt a sensation in my private area. It felt really good and it kept feeling good. I had no idea what was going on, but I soon found out the next day when I told my friend what had happened. My friend explained that her house was haunted by a ghost named Ramon. When I first read this, I thought it was Roman. I thought, what, my husband? Ramon, a soldier that had died on her property in the French and Indian War. She also told me her son-in-law had been attacked by a female ghost, which is why I started researching the subject of sex and ghosts. Throughout my stay, that ghost was communicating with me. My friend recorded him speaking uh, to me at her house. I would ask questions and try and get him on the recorder, and we caught him on tape 
tape twice. When we listened really carefully, we could hear a voice on the tape saying, I love you. Oh, fascinating. Uh, Into the room I stayed in before I went to bed, I also heard the spirit say he loved me. Was he a ghost or a demon? I believe it was a ghost then, but now I think he is a demon. I believe my friend's story about the ghost from the French and Indian War, but part of me did not understand how a ghost could have this power to sexually assault a human. On the day I was at her house, she asked me, do you want to take it home with you? <laughs> and what? I replied, what? sure, I can take it home, oh, she said jokingly. Well, now, we know a lot of the problems in the paranormal world come from permissions yes, given, even in jest. Yes. Mm. She responded, seriously, you can take it home with you. Go ahead. Tell Ramon to go home with you. So I spoke to the house around me. Ramon, I said, it's okay if you want to come home with me. Mm. Part three, my demon housemate. Once home, I set house rules and asked for the spirit not to sexually come to me when my husband was home. But it's okay when he's out. Uh, But even though I wanted him to, he did not come to me once. It was the weirdest thing. I knew he was there because he revealed himself through practical jokes. He would constantly make noises and turn lights off. I realized I needed more information, so I started to research having sex with ghosts. (sighs) I think we've typed that into the search bar before and stumbled upon a link for incubus and succubus demons which piqued my curiosity it described demonic sexual attackers that come to victims while they are sleeping as i kept reading and researching the subject i came to the realization that my spirit was not a ghost but a demon partly i think god showed me this through a negative sense i had started to feel about this demon's presence in my life I tried to send it away through the help of a friend who claimed she could send ghosts to the light over the phone for $50. No, I'm joking. I still don't believe that, but I tried her anyway because I was desperate and needed to try something. My friend told me just, just to ask it to leave, but I still felt a presence in my house even after she claimed she had helped it moved on. I felt an evil, eerie presence, so I sought a minister to come to my house to pray for my protection and bless the house. After the minister came, I was free of the bad feelings for a while, but just recently they've come back. I am worried, but at least I now know that I have God on my side as I fight this battle. Renata's remaining very quiet. Part four, my advice to you. I'm nearly there. To all who summon demons to have sex with you, be careful. You may think you're in charge, but you're not. They are in charge, and you may be hurt by the thing that gives you sexual pleasure. For example, I read about a man who was lonely and saw an article on how to summon a succubus demon. Now, he is addicted to a female demon who pleasures him. He has lost his soul and faith due to sexual addiction. This man is so happy with his succubus that he doesn't even want to meet a real woman and have real sex anymore. I do not encourage this. Why trust a demon? I feel that now it's my mission to inform the world of incubus and succubus demons and I will pray for others out there because it is becoming normal to some to do just what this man did, summon a demon to pleasure him. How perverse and stupid. 
Luckily, there are already many ministries spreading the word, like her. The minister who I sought for deliverance told me another member of his church has had many sexual attacks and still fights off the incubus demon. She even goes to the extreme as to get a Bible between her legs to rebuke the enemy. So she whacks the Bible between her legs. Best condom ever. I... (laughs) All round. I'm not sure why she keeps having attacks. I never had more than one attack, thank God. I made myself vulnerable to attack because of my belief in ghosts. I truly believe that's the incubus came in. That's why the incubus came into my life. After all, it was only after I got the paranormal ghost stuff that I got attacked. I'm not being closed-minded when I tell you that I believe every ghost out there is really a demon. If you choose to debate me, just research what demons do in people's lives. They deceive us. Why? Wouldn't a demon deceive a lot of people to make them think they are a ghost? You can show me all the ghost pictures you have and and I won't change my mind. The picture I have of that man is truly demonic. Photo, the face is scary with eyes darkened out and a weird looking expression. This reeks of um, uh, a Bible basher trying to get their point across. Um yeah, so they're just saying stay away from ghost demons and all other paranormal stuff. Yeah, that's 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 her story. Mm, she's had a bad experience. Yeah, and the, she's the turned lesson. to something that's that's given her some comfort, I suppose. But yeah. um, and the lesson to learn from it is, if you don't understand it, don't dabble in it. Yep. <clears throat> don't play with things that you're not supposed to. And don't invite someone into your house that you don't know who they are, living or dead. Mm. And we have the beautiful Christy with us. From Spells and Spirits. And Christy, I know you probably had something else lined up, but we've had this question about Moldavite. What can you tell us? Well, I could tell you a couple of things. Look, firstly, you know, it's the latest hip new TikTok thing in, but really Moldavite was first presented to the scientific world in 1786. Wow. So to say it's something new, well probably better off saying that it's actually been brilliantly marketed Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, would be a better thing to say. Now, you know, metaphysically, it's a stone of transformation. So it is quite a high vibe um, stone. Mm -hmm. But in saying that, it's also, I feel, really akin to the tower card in the tarot. Oh, you don't, a bit like Pandora's box. You just don't know what's going to happen when you work with it. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is the thing, transformation, change is going to happen. And sometimes the good things that you think are good right now need to be destroyed for you to move on further to what's better for you. Mm -hmm. So that's something to, you know, have a think about as well. But I guess, you know, in a bit of a sum up for Moldavite, I really think for this day and age, the size of your Moldavite should mirror the kale stuck in your teeth as the best way to (laughs) mention the reality. Kale. Oh. You know, we're getting like a, a toenail clipping of Moldavite set into a piece of jewellery. Mm. You know, it, yes, it's high vibe, but it's not a miracle stone. That small slither of stone really isn't it's not that a, much yes. yeah. to have the impact of what you wanted if you really wanted to transform. You yeah. still have to do the work. You still have to do the work, of course. Yeah. People yeah. are looking yeah. for easy fixes. It's really weird. We came into the studio tonight and we found three crystals sitting underneath the monitor. There's selenite, black tourmaline and pink quartz. Rose quartz. Rose quartz. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. How weird is that? And we were going to talk about crystals tonight. Mm. I don't know who oh, owns them. Oh, we do. We know, I, we know I it's Tracy. Oh, Tracy's. Oh, did you? Thank you for popping those in. They're very nice. <laughs> <laughs> so be- before we finish up with Moldavite, so would you recommend it to um, people who have never – and this is a problem. Some people have never worked with crystals before and they go for the big shebang. They go for something like Moldavite that they have no concept other than what they've learned on TikTok, which, look, mm-hmm. that, that is the repository of all knowledge, TikTok. Well, look, if, if they're willing to fork out, you know, five $600 for a piece as big as your fingernail that could have, you know, an impact on them if they really, truly want to transform, then go for it. But, you know, as a, a newbie mm. that's never worked with energy before, they'll probably find themselves feeling actually quite lightheaded, maybe a little bit vertigo feeling um, or feeling like they've been spinning around um, because they're just not used to having, you know, that sort of energy. Mm. It's a bit um, overkill, really. It, yeah, yeah, in their energy field. So, you know, if you're an l plater, you know, you sort of don't, well, you shouldn't really go out and buy, you know, the big V8 car and, yeah, and things yeah. around it. But the same for it's what you invite into your life. Yeah. So, what is a good starter crystal? Just plain old clear quartz. Yeah, that's going to you know that that will that will step in for anything, and it will enhance any other crystal you put with it. But just start with that, and just start with with that that gentle vibe. Mm. Yeah, I um, keep crystals in my pockets, but I use them as worry stones. If I'm getting worried or anxious about anything, I'll just pop my hand in my pocket and grab the crystal and just uh, rub my finger across it and it, it calms me. Mm. Yeah, and look, you can get the small polished ones. You can pop them in your pocket. You can pop them in your bra, your handbag. You know, you can get larger ones to decorate your home right up to, you know, something that will probably, you know, just like Renata, you can get a specifically shaped one for like 11 inches. <laughs> yes, Christian Hull taught us all about that. We oh. did an interview with Christian Hull, who's a comedian <laughs> in Queensland, and um, that's on our YouTube page if anyone wants to see it. He's telling us all about his good luck charm that he carries around. <laughs> Now, look, it's really hard for people to go out there and buy crystals at the moment, um, Christy. Do you have any in stock at the moment? I do. I've actually just received um, a shipment today. Ooh. Yes. There you go. Fresh. So um, I've got to do the old nine-to-five grind tomorrow, but on Tuesday I'll be popping them up on my website. Anything special? Yes, I've got some beautiful big flame-shaped carnelians oh, and amazonite. Those flames are beautiful. Yeah, I've got one of mm-hmm. your carnelian flames. It's beautiful. Yeah. Well, look, everyone, if you would like to check out Christy's stuff, you head over to spellsandspirits.com, I believe it is, not .com. .au. .au, right. So spellsandspirits.com.au, and you'll be able to check out all the gloriousness that she has from Tuesday. <laughs> yes. And next week we're bringing you back because there is a marvellous thing that we have to talk about next week. It's the, the topic oh, is amazing. No. It's it will be on the tip of everyone's tongue. We'll be blaming it for everything. It's mercury. Bring your own tin foil. Yeah. <laughs> mercury retrograde. So but we'll save that one for next yep, week. We'll see you next mm-hmm. week. Thanks Thank so you, much, Christy. Christy. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. You're listening to the Spooky Sundays podcast with Anne and Renata. 
And we've got some questions that we would like to answer before we finish up tonight. The night has gone very quickly yet, yet again, again Anne. Oh, I still think we need a three-hour show. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is the question we did mention earlier. How can you tell if you've had a, an actual paranormal experience or whether you're just – it's your imagination? Oh, wow. Isn't that a hard question? It is. Um, I think for, that's where you become a paranormal investigator and you have to look at the experience that you've had logically and try and work out what it is that has happened and can you find an explanation for it Mm. Uh, and then you can always ask for them to do something specific like if that was a spirit that's here with me could you knock twice loudly so that I know that there's somebody here and then if you get an intelligent response then you know that you've got some sort of um, true paranormal experience or um I mean, if it's just a residual haunting, but that's another whole topic. So mm-hmm. I, I think what you've done is actually given us an idea for next week's show that we might do some specific information instead mm-hmm. of just Q&A. But yeah. um, thank you so much for that question. Yeah. And for the everyday, ev- or average everyday Joe or Josephine, it is really hard to kind of get your head into that space of did I just imagine that or did that really happen because it often comes uh, when you are not expecting it you know these are people who don't spend their days watching tv shows all about the paranormal it's normally just your average everyday person that sort of comes across something really weird so if it's this spontaneous thing that you weren't even thinking about it wasn't in your in your thoughts anything at all is just come straight out of nowhere more than likely it is something paranormal that has occurred yeah all right now we've got to get on to a quick uh question here this is a tarot question for renata who reads the tarot cards Mm -hmm. um are all the things currently happening to me uh where my path is meant to be leading now this is brooke Okay, Brooke. Well, the Page of Wands is the card that uh, I have or that has come out for you. And this is interesting because part of the path that is being created is actually being created by you. So this this card is, it's you're not someone sitting in a car along for the ride. You're driving the car. And, and this is something that you have to think about, whether the path you are taking now is the path that you actually want to to be on and how can you get from this point to that point that you want to be at and it's something that happens slowly and over time because we have the page here the page represents someone who is new into a particular pathway they're in the learning process so you must go through those stages before you get to your ultimate goal it's like the universe won't let you go any further or any more quickly you just have to go with it just gently through all the places but you are also the master here or the mistress as well so make sure that you're making the right choices um and we have time for a quick just a a little story from deborah ann i lived in a haunted house once from the first night we heard walking up the huge hallway or the veranda noises in the kitchen like the cutlery drawer opening and a chair moving sometimes felt like someone was watching you never threatening though it was all uh, it would also get super cold, although it was a very old house. I have baby photos of my son with smoke-like shapes around him, and one photo looks like legs. Wow. I found out a very found out a lovely elderly fellow lived there for a long time and loved his big vegetable garden. I also worked at a primary school where 
odd things would happen. The school is over 100 years old and there have been a couple of deaths there over the years. We would talk to the school like an old friend. We actually got invited to a school, uh, we won't say where, to, but to help them with uh, some paranormal problems this week, didn't we? So mm. we were going to try and fit that into our schedule somewhere where we can travel out of Newcastle a yes, bit further. yes. We love getting these stories. Please, if you have a special story that you've been hanging on to and you want to send it in to us, please do. And I've got another little quick one. <coughs> I was at the pub on Friday, Arvo, and due to patron restrictions in the bar, we had to keep counting how many were in the bar and how many were in the beer garden. The owner said he needed an incubus on the bar to keep count. <laughs> I nearly fell off my stool. He obviously meant to say abacus. <laughs> Oh, Thanks, that's Joe. Gorgeous. That's absolutely fabulous. Oh, what love a way the to end. Um, just also letting you know, Anne and I are actually participating in uh, the Black Dog One Foot Forward uh, Walk a Thon in October. And we're looking for sponsors. And we are looking for sponsors. So if you would like to head on over to Anne and Renata Frightfully Good, uh, you will find our, our little post there. And um, we are, yeah, searching for sponsors to sponsor us. Couple of dollars. 60 kilometres during October. (laughs) And uh, we almost actually reached our... uh, our amount uh, prior to us even starting. So we've raised our amount now. We're, we're, we're going for more. For $1, yeah, we're going to try and get $1,000 to them. So okay. thank you everyone so much for joining us this evening. We've thoroughly enjoyed ourselves. Thank you for your stories. Thanks for tuning in and sharing and doing all that sort of stuff. We love doing this. We hope you love it. And we will see you all next week on the dark side. Most mysteries can be solved by looking at the facts. But sometimes the facts don't give us the answer. So it's time to call in Anne and Renata. Spooky Sundays, when the truth lies beyond a logical answer. Dive deep into the world of the unknown with real ghost stories and the unexplainable. Sometimes unconventional, but always entertaining. It's Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata. Sunday from 8pm, only on Newcastle Live. Newcastle Live.